Hey, After Buzzers, welcome back for the final week here on Fosse Verdon After Show on After Buzz TV. We're going to talk all about death and depression and, of course, all that jazz. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. <laughs> Do it. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is it. We're at the end. I can't Sad believe tears. it. It went by so fast. I have got my full panel here with me. We got all the girls back today. We got on the far end our Chicago-loving, dancing, <laughs> amazing, aficionado. Oh, I love it. I was like, I need to keep going. Kim Davey. Oh, thanks, so. uh, Lovely. Yeah, I'm here. I'm sad. I literally cried tonight. And as um, Steph said over the mic before, you know, I'm the one that was really against Mr. Fossey the most, but he did spark a few tears as the, you know, end did happen. So... Sad times. We got our resident sitting next to her comedian, also biggest Norbert Leo Butts fan as as I know. Um, it's Amy yeah. Maestri. I do actually run the fan club for him, so um, send any fan mail to me. I will make sure it gets to him. I usually just show up on his doorstep. So this step. was a pretty sad episode for you too. It was my love, Patty. Oh, oh no. Sad okay. day. It was a sad day. Thank and you. And I am your Thank host, you. Brianna Phipps. I will be keeping it down with all the Broadway. Love and news here, as I just showed them before we started the show with Norbert Leo Butts playing uh, Tom Hanks' character in Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. If you haven't seen that video, go check it out online. It's a great video to watch. But let's start off in our overall thoughts on the show. I know, Kim, you said you were very sad on this. Amy, how was your thoughts on the episode? I didn't know he was going to (laughs) die. Big surprise for you. Well, Even though in the very first episode, you pretty much told us they're counting down to his death. (laughs) Right, It's right. crazy that that snuck up on you that I way. I know, it's weird. Um, I loved this episode. I thought it was a great last episode. I think they did justice to the themes that they've played with all season of him feeling kind of inadequate sometimes and not getting to be that leading man role and Gwen needing to take charge at certain times. But like, I, I think all of the themes that they've been playing with all season really just kind of paid off Tied in this together. nice way. Yeah. Except, I was just thinking, what about that mask? What was it that time, that monkey mask? Oh, I monkey never mask. saw that again. Loose end there. What? You're like, the, <laughs> mon- the, in the very first episode when she has the, when she goes to get the gorilla suit for him. Oh. You're, you're like, we you're never like got the We show. never got the victory of what was, what happened with that door open. That's true. That's um, true. I really did enjoy this episode too, just like you, Amy. I think the themes came together really well. I loved how they kind of paralleled Nicole, Gwen, and Bob all mm. together. I thought that was really beautifully done, and it just had so much heart in this episode. Mm. I really, it, it it made me like very. I kept rewinding parts because I was just like trying to really make sure I caught everything because I was so like in the moment that I was like, okay, I need to make sure I got exactly that down in my notes so that <laughs> I remember it later. But yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. I think this was a series-wise, it was just an amazing series. Mm. Oh, it was so good. I'm so sad that it's over, and I just can't wait for the next thing that they're going to bring out, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But um, yeah, Ooh. yeah, because I mean, a little tease up there for <laughs> news and gossip, maybe. Yeah, you might have to wait an hour. But. You might have to wait a little bit. But yeah, we're going to have news and gossip at the end of the show. We're of course going to have a special segment called Fossey Fun Facts that we do, where we break down things that were real in the episode and maybe a little bit falsified, as well as I believe today we're going to. Take a little bit of a look at the actors versus the real people, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We're also going to get into everything that happened in this episode. Nicole, what was going on with her and her depression and the drug use. We're going to get into Bob and all that jazz, as well as Patty's death. And of course, Gwen with Ron leaving and what she went through with the tours of Chicago. So let's start right off. So 
I want to start with Nicole this episode because we did get a much deeper look into her. And when we start off, she's living with Bob instead of her mother. At first, I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, it made it seem like there was animosity, but really it's that her dad lets her get away with everything and her mm-hmm. mom is strict. It's a normal teenager. Totally. So she's back. She's obviously high, as Bob points out, but he doesn't seem to really care. Mm. And then we see later on her dabbling with more drugs and alcohol. Mm. I think it's so interesting the way he deals with it because, you know, when you're when you're a child and if you're maybe, you know, going off the rails and if you've got very strict parents, it usually makes you worse for many. Like, they want to rebel. Whereas he's the complete opposite. He's kind of like, you know, a little bit of discipline, hardly anything. I don't really care. You know, sort yourself out. Which oftentimes leads them thinking, oh, my God, I'm not getting the attention I want by rebelling, so therefore he does, she doesn't care, so maybe I'll straighten up. And in her case, I suppose it did a little bit, but more so she was just depressed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Priest, because she didn't really feel very loved. Eh? So it's a hard balance for parents. Like, yeah. what do you do? What did you guys think of the line, because she takes that one pill and she can't sleep? And he's like, oh, you're going to be up all night. And she's like, well, can you help me? Can you give me something that will help me sleep? And he's like, I'm not giving you anything else. And she, she she's just like, oh, you're just going to leave me. He's like, if you're going to act like an adult, I'm going to treat you like one. I think What do you think fair. of that? Do you think that's fair? But or do you yeah. think it's... She's 15 in this in this year that, we, that we're in at that point in the show. I think it's fair if, like, there had been some sort of, like, don't do that before now. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think she ever got that. So right now, she is just like, well, this is fine. If he's okay with me drinking and taking this, why isn't he going to be okay with, like, giving me something to help me come down, too? And I thought that that was really interesting, too, was the, the like, random girl's reaction, too. Even she was kind of like, should, should I, I go? go? Like, this, like, your 15-year-old daughter is, it is wasted right now. a weird scenario that, like, because he is such a womanizer, but then he has a young daughter, and just bringing these girls around him and... On top of, like, her already feeling neglected, it's like, now you're just watching your dad treat women terribly and act like they're not people to value. You're just, like, they're just things. Yeah. That must have had a very dramatic experience. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, she's, she must not have just known what, like, love felt like at all. Yeah, that's true. But it was weird because we know from actual Nicole, real life Nicole, that she said she had a very loving upbringing and she, both of her parents loved her very much. So. I mean, I think, like, but that it also could be that she had a loving out uh, upbringing and then there was just a point in time where for a couple years that it wasn't, you know? Yeah, yeah well, and even to, like, the point that... Um, uh, Gwen brought up in this episode of like wanting to get her out of like just like that city atmosphere too of like not only is like her situation kind of messed up but like everyone that she was going to school with were the same you know like all like kids with parents but that were are actors. But were stockbrokers and... or actors? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what was scary what about the time when she's up on the roof with her friends? Well we're gonna get to all of that let's hold off on that. Ah! Our, okay, we're, we're jumping forward but let's talk about her seeing the rehearsal. So we saw that she had the dance with her mm-hmm. father, and then she goes to the rehearsal, like about a year later or so, and then it's the exact same thing. And we, she just, she's upset 
And that's when she makes the decision to go back with her mom. But what do you think was really going through her head in that moment of watching this? I just think she felt so used and like violated. And it was a special, what she thought was a special bonding time with her and her dad doing the dance in the, I mean, she didn't know what it was for specifically. She thought it was like a, let's make up some choreography. Um, And then to see the exact thing replicated, you just feel violated and just like it was, you know, something that was supposed to be special, but there it is displayed for everybody. I th- I felt her. I felt that for her. Yeah, because even on top of it, too, then he was also just like, hey, do you want to play yourself in this? And, like, kind of, you know, like, yeah, tossing yeah. around things like that to, that to like, a 15-year-old, you're going to be like, oh, so this is happening. I'm going to be famous now. Like, so he says things like that when they're doing this dance, and then, you know, it's, she doesn't end up being in it, and then she sees the exact scene, you know, the exact thing, like you were saying, play out, and, yeah, she, I would have just felt, like, super used. Yeah, it's, like, it's just, a, that's my life. Yeah. And you were just putting it up there for everyone yeah, to like see. Yeah, like, he just him. doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Um, so, yeah, that's when she moves with her mom. And as Amy, you said, then we get that whole scene of maybe we need to move her outside of the city mm-hmm. because she's obviously going down a path. And that's also when she he brings up the smoking and Bob's just kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hadn't noticed. <laughs> that's hilarious. Except for I told her to use Visine. <laughs> um, so let's get into Gwen, though, a little bit, too. Because Gwen this episode we see her kind of in the midst of she's after chicago now and she doesn't have a job and she wants a job and she th- i felt like this was the first time she was completely 100 percent honest because she's like i just want to be an actor and i'm not acting mm. Mm. yeah you could and i mean that kind of again like speaking to the themes throughout the whole show you could always see that that was just such a strong part of her, but also a strong part of him of, like, they're both such workaholics and love what they do so much that it's just kind of disastrous when they don't get to be doing those things. So I I felt for her throughout this whole episode. Too. I mean, throughout It's also that season, case but. of, like, as an actor, and especially a woman, as you get older, the parts do become less. Mm. Yeah. Because you're either the young, bright, shining star majority for women what I see in the, in film and um, in theater is that you're that or you're the mother mm. there's not that in between totally yeah. well that's what she was saying when the agent was offering you can go to LA and she'd be like I'll be the old lady with the handbag etc yeah yeah so. because those those are what you got mm-hmm. yeah. um, but she's doing all that and through all of this her and Ron are kind of on on the outs a little bit we see it because um, Bob has offered her to go on tour and I, we, that's kind of a ploy he uses. He's done in the past to make sure she doesn't stray too far away from him. But mm. she jumps on the tour and Ron's, Ron's over at this point. As he says, I'm tired of being a third wheel in this relationship. Mm. And you, if you leave, I'm not here when you come back. I know. That was such a hard call from him. I didn't know if he'd follow through on that, but he obviously did. Um, but which is sad is because previously, just, just before that opportunity, then um, thinking of moving out of town, and he's all into that, excitable. He seems like just such a nice guy, and she really did manipulate him in that conversation when he's on the bed and she's telling him about the tour. Because you can see how... I mean, but he, she basically said... Um, oh, I had an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I thought we were moving out of, you know, the city. And she's like, what? No, that was just us talking. That was my idea. Yeah, so she was playing him. It's like um, Bob played her and then she was playing Ron and everyone's just manipulating for their own purposes. It's quite sneaky, sneaky. It's funny because you do see a lot of moments like that that are sneaky, sneaky. Um, <laughs> as Kim so eloquently has stated. <laughs> 
where it is like it's frustrating because you're seeing the argument and you're going like oh yeah Ron totally has a point that's definitely going to be what it turns into and he's seen it too many times it's always going to come down to Bob and Gwen but then you're also just like god Chicago was Gwen's baby you know so like of course if she's given that chance to get to do it again she's not going to be able to say no to it but that still goes back to his point of like there's some sort of weird gravitating force between the two of you but also for her to Chicago specifically yeah I think it's very hard when you're when you come into a relationship where because usually if someone's broken up with someone that you know even if they have kids it's not they're not necessarily close it's not like you have to see that other person all the time. It's not like you have to deal with them. Like you're in a new chapter of life with this mm. person that you're with. And that's not the case with Gwen. She's still, she's in like two chapters at once. Like she's splitting her chapters, mm. one with Bob and one with Ron. And she's not really 100% committing to Ron because of it. Mm. So I get his point. Totally. And I think it was justified what he said. I said, it was, I think, you know, he's been, you know, this was, they broke up in 70. I believe something around it was around that time that Bob and her broke up and then she's with Ron and this is now like 78 79 so that's a good amount of time time. and if that's how you felt this entire time that you've been with her Mm -hmm. and it hasn't changed then I think that's your call to make and if you can't put up with it then you can't put up with it yeah totally and I think from his perspective as well I think he would have been alright if it was just a simple six months but like he said it's going to turn into this and then da 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 the and fact then 18 is, yeah the fact is is that if Bob asks her to do something she is keep going. she's not able to say no to him yeah. it seems like every now and then she can but not when it comes to anything work related mm-hmm. yeah personal life related she's able to say no to him but if mm-hmm. it is going to deal with anything work whether he needs her for an eye on something or whether he needs her to do something She'll say yes, yeah, because she loves to work um, just as much as he does, and I, she loves to work more than she loves. And Ron, she loves to basically. work with yeah. Bob, right? Yeah, and I mean, it was even vice versa sometimes, but it was more like it was pulling teeth when she had to get him to do something. He would typically always still come around to it too, because there was that weird thing, you know, like when she said, "Hey, you know, like we'll get into it later, but I need your help with Sweet Charity, mm-hmm. okay?" Or like you know, eventually getting him to come on board and do Chicago. So it was like they always could get each other to do things, but yeah, it was Gwen who would just kind of like drop everything whereas for him it was more like she was really just like pulling teeth to get him to do a lot of things like mm-hmm. if he didn't want to do it and you know who else drops everything and we're so thankful for it every week during this time to watch us our fans and i think kim you got something to say absolutely yeah so everyone we just want to say thank you so much for allowing us to be the espn of tv talk we really appreciate you joining us every week um but we'd love a few favors Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, So if you're uh, watching on YouTube, if you could give us a thumbs up and um, subscribe would be awesome. Yep, two thumbs up. Thanks, darling. (laughs) Um, And if you're on iTunes, if you could please give us a five-star rating, that would be amazing. And no matter where you are, if you can leave a comment, um, and that would be amazing. And if you give us five stars, please leave a comment so that we know who it was that gave us those five stars. So Brie can not shout you out next week because we won't be here, but we can definitely shout you out (laughs) in the comments. So thank you. Um, But overall, just thanks so much. We are all so grateful to be here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, It means so much to all of us, and we appreciate it appreciate you supporting us and doing what we love we yes. really do we love having you here every week and you know what in this show may be over but we'll be on other shows that we would love to hear from you about so you think you can dance and also dance, if you just want to talk more about all that happened in this season or other broadway stuff i'm here for you if you want to talk about um shows that both of kim and uh amy are into they'll definitely i want to talk to you about it via 
Instagram or Twitter, so don't feel like this is the end of this. Yeah, Brie is literally watching theatre every time I see her, so yeah, this girl knows her stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a problem. Hashtag obsessed. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's talk about Bob. So Bob, this episode is dealing a lot with all that jazz, which is his, as he put it, this not really about him, but 100% about him, mm-hmm. show huh. uh, that he was working on, and he's He's dealing with all this and he's trying to figure out how it ends. In true Bob fashion, we're a month to shooting and he doesn't have the script figured out. And this is when Patty jumps in and Patty's like, I'm going to tell you your script. And he's like, this is what it is. You are with, let's call her Annie. But you can't commit to Annie. Because you really should have been with, let's call her Gwen. And you can't 100% let her go because she's the person that is the only person I wrote down that is your true creative equal and the only person that you really should be with. But now it's too late, and you die, <laughs> or Jim dies. And, Transformation and tragedy. And I mean, that is yeah. that is how all that jazz ended up going. So he took, you know, what Patty said, and he made that his movie. Yeah, that was his. Yeah. ending. He's, he's he wanted it to be the same as he had made all of a sudden. And Patty kept being like, "You you never have your characters change, and there has to be change." Like. We'd like to see change as an audience. We'd, we'd like to see growth. We don't want to see someone that starts and ends a film in the exact same spot. Totally. And that literally then played out in his real life even before it's in the show. So literally what I think at the end when they were at the Sweet Charity, it was actually the first time that Bob like graciously did something for Gwen rather than her having to try too hard. So it was kind of like he finally changed, like, okay, I'll come and help you and I'll do this for you. And then we're happily together going to you know, the opening night of it. And then he dies. So it literally played out, okay. as he said, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> Kim's just going straight to the end here. <laughs> well, I think a lot of what Patty was talking about, too, was really interesting, just because, like, from a screenwriting perspective of everything that he was saying, like, where, yeah, like, every hero has to go through that change. And it's weird because Bob, fought, like, he pushed so many boundaries and was really ahead of his time in a lot of aspects. And even with that, like, he was kind of all about the anti-hero, too, before mm-hmm. that was, like, a popular thing. It was always supposed to be the hero. And I like like that Patty kind of helped steer him on that path of like, well, he doesn't have to stay the same, but he should die instead. Yeah. <laughs> like just to do something different that's really impactful. Like if you're not going to have him grow, yeah, then yeah. He, then there needs to be a realization that if he if you don't want him to grow past if, if he's going to make it past this heart attack and be okay, but you don't want growth from him, then you have to make him die. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it could be that he has this realization of his heart attack, which could have been what happened in real life. But it, it still wasn't enough for him to change, which is fine. But that's not what audiences like a happy ending or they like a potential for a happy ending, which even the fact of him realizing this is the woman I'm supposed to be with and then dying. It's like that martyred happy ending where it's like, yeah. oh, the, what could have? Instead There's of still like, romance. Instead of like, <laughs> and then I come out of the heart attack. Go right back to doing what I was doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Twist. But that's more. I get um, Bob's point then because that's more more about real life because real, real, real life doesn't have these necessary as extreme twists and turns. A lot of people just live flatline the whole time and nothing really exciting happens. So I kind of get his point with. I get no his change. point on that, but it's also not why people go to watch a film. Correct, Amanda. Yeah. People don't go to watch a film to be like, "That's my life." They go to watch a film to be like, <laughs> "Spider." This crush. is my life, but I could still change things around or I could still have that happy ending yeah one of my favorite quotes about screenwriting is uh, make it the same but different because that is every single movie that has ever been made it has the same beats. It has the same structure. It, whether it's a musical or a horror, especially or a comedy. now we've made so much film yeah. and television and music. Like it's not that there is nothing new, but 
you're going to have a basic storyline that has been done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this is how Bob decides to do a thing. And then we get kind of this interview with Gwen. And at the same time, we're getting also mm. this audition with Annie. So at this point, we mm. find out Annie and him are not together anymore. She couldn't deal with it anymore. So with Gwen, we're interviewing, and she's just basically saying, like, I'm not mad at you anymore. I just don't really care about you. Mm. And he's, like, trying to figure out about the heart attack. Like, how were people reacting to me? Were they crying? Like, he wanted, again, that star factor for himself. And then with Annie, he wanted her to give the performance of herself, which she was like, I can't say these words because they're my words. Mm. This isn't acting for me. This is my life. Mm. Again, similar to Nicole. Absolutely similar to Nicole. I don't know what to say about that one. Well, it's, I, I just loved um, in the, the scene with him and Annie, and I was just like, why isn't he directing her? And then you realize, oh, he is directing her. Because he was driving her so crazy through that whole thing of just saying, and he, well, no, no, that's not it. Again, that's not it. Again. He does that so annoying thing. I hate when people do this. <laughs> but when they say... You know what it is. It's like, just tell me. Your literal <laughs> job as a director <laughs> what is to do, you do but then I love how at the end, and that's, I think, you know, how he did get a lot of great performances, is he knew what triggers to, to well, pull. Well, he was renowned for being difficult to work with. People didn't like working with him. Yeah. Same thing, like, Alfred Hitchcock was the same way. People hated working with Alfred but, but they, they made amazing results. films. Yeah. Yeah. They get results. It, that, I mean, just like with Nicole, it was just, it's so close to home. I mean, it is home. It's just not fair. He just doesn't seem to have that empathy. I mean, he has no empathy. With Nicole or with Annie? With Annie, but the same as like with as Nicole. As with Nicole, yeah. Um, he just, whether he doesn't have that human connection part or he just doesn't care. I think with I think Bob, he he, I think he cares, but he only cares, like, doesn't think. he cares about the work more. So if this is going to make a great scene or this is going to make a great movie. I'm going to do what it takes to make that great scene or movie over how your feelings That are. plus I honestly just don't think he understands the human relation and connection in that way. Um, which is interesting to have a director that doesn't understand <laughs> that. That's why I feel like he has to, right? I feel like somewhere he does, but he uses it but he just only doesn't, at times He might he understand it. it and just not care. Yeah. I think it's that. He just doesn't care. Um, doesn't think about it. But yeah, so they go through all of that. They're filming all that jazz. That's where we see the scene with Nicole. And then we see kind of, it's not a montage, but we see over it all this, like, continuation of different girls with him um, as well. And they get younger and younger, and he's not getting any younger. And, and it reminded me of... look like Nicole. Seriously, <laughs> that blonde one? The blonde wow. one, maybe a little bit. Not the brunette. <laughs> no, not the brunette. Um... It reminded me of, a, and I'm blanking on the film's name, but with Matthew McConaughey, where he's like, what he likes about high school uh, girls is that no matter how old I get, they stay oh, the same. Oh, Dazed and Confused. Day, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, it, I, I had that like thought in my head. But for him, it's an insecurity, because for him, it's like, same with Annie, he's getting jealous over these girls. He doesn't want them to leave. He's like, and it's because he's insecure because he's not that young stud. And because he's lying there in his gruts, an old man on the bed with his knobbly knees. Honestly, it was hideous. Knobbly knees. I'm going to use that. And then here's where we well, you have knobbly knees. And then here's where we get this like montage um, parallel between all three of them, which is Gwen dealing with Ron leaving, making pasta alone, being really sad, depressed, and not happy, even though she's gotten everything. She didn't everything. even throw it on the roof. She didn't even throw it on the roof. No. But she's gotten sad. everything that she sp- supposedly wanted, right? She got her tour. She was Roxy in Chicago. She's mm-hmm. doing all the stuff. And she's acting for this group, you know, the mental health group. And mm-hmm. she's putting on this performance. But then mm-hmm. in her real life, she's miserable. Same with Bob. He's watching 
Lin-Manuel Miranda. Ah! Roy Scheider. Um, <laughs> that was cool. I, I loved it. I, I like, screamed on my, on my TV when I saw it. I was like, oh my God! Um, yes. Wow. That's exactly how I felt. That's the Lin sound. <laughs> That's the Lin sound. Um, but he's getting all this applause and praise during the scene. And so Bob's like, oh, that looks like so amazing. Like, I want that. And then he does it. And really quick, it feels great in that moment. But then as soon as it's like, okay, reset. Yeah. And he's like, reality. Oh, no. this wasn't really yeah. about me. Yeah. This was the scene. Mm-hmm. And then Nicole on the roof. Yeah. We should it's like, like, like all of them are just. Yeah. It's everyone's high. Like they're all like, you know, like Nicole's literal high. Yeah. Just trying to escape <laughs> from things. And then, yeah, like Bob and Gwen having those moments in the spotlight. But then when the spotlight ends. It's, yeah, it's done. You can see where, like, with Bob, it's always that same thing, you know, that he always wanted to be the leading man and he couldn't, so he got that chance. And then he's like, oh, wait, so that line at the end where he's just like, okay, let's go do the real thing now. And you see it just, like, hit him. Like, oh, wait, that's right. This isn't me. This isn't my life. It's just, I mean, it's just the message over and over again about how the most important thing in life is relationships with people. Honest, true love relationships. Because at the end of the day, that's all you got. That's all you have. Yep. Career, fame, fortune, everything else will dissipate at some point, and all that is left is your human connections. And I mean, for Gwen, just, I mean, she's just doing anything she can to be able to perform. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, it doesn't even matter even if it's on Broadway or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just to, what did she say, to get a mic in her hand, yeah. you know? Yeah, so they all have, like, these very um, moments of, like, depression and just overall, mm-hmm. they're. They're at their lowest of lows in a way. Mm. That's why it's so hard in this industry, I think, as well, because we're always, like, aiming for these, like, super highs, these fun fantasy worlds, you know, the comics and the Broadway performers, and it's not real life. In a way, sometimes I think maybe it'd be simpler to be a more of a plateau, like, day-to-day life where you just, <laughs> you know, go to work, come home, and it's all just mediocre versus, like, oh, my God, we're stars, and then nothing. Eat your pasta by yourself. I will say that pasta looks dope. Yeah, it took a Should lot of really work in it. I mean, it was homemade pasta. For one person, yeah. <laughs> and that's what made it pasta. so much more sad, too, that she did all this, and then you I see know. that she just sits in the kitchen by herself. Yeah. Um, and then to add, on top of it, we lose Patty. You know, Bob gets that phone and call. And he gets the dance. And he does that. That was, like, the saddest part of the episode to me, was that dance that he did for Patty's funeral. Do you know what was extra sad? Was it was supposed to be a tap dance, but it was on carpet, so you couldn't hear it. <laughs> That's the saddest thing. <laughs> for, forget Patty dying, Bob dying. It was supposed to be tap. <laughs> you can't hear tap on carpet. I mean, I feel you. What about this music? It's a true story. Remember the joke was supposed to be the four-hour eulogy and the tap dance, and there's no freaking tap carpet. I mean, it was a tap dance. It just wasn't with tap shoes on the floor. You need a tap mic. I mean, I'm sorry, Kim. The church did not provide. Provide. Do you know what I thought he was going to do when he went down to the coffin? I know this is terrible. I thought he was going to get on the coffin and do the tapping. (laughs) Because you would have been. It's why he said this might offend someone. I don't think that's why he was sad, though. I think he he was actually just sad about that. What about a nice little echo, too? Oh it's God. like hollow on the inside. And I guess it wasn't. Uh, yeah. a ch- I guess it wasn't a <laughs> church too. It's because uh, Patty was Jewish, oh, so course. it was a, um, a synagogue. I don't know. Is that what they call? Well, either way, they should have provided the floor for Bob. That's what I thought. Oh, we've got the chat going crazy. Hey, Jazzy, um, you stilling? Um, so much good stuff coming in. I'll do this too Thank much you. there to read. You're doing great. <laughs> we'll take a look at it. We definitely are keeping up with you guys in the chat over here. So. D- 
even if we can't get to all of the comments, we're definitely keeping up with it. Um, and then I wrote down the next slate, which was Bob Fosse, four years after All That Jazz received nine Oscar nominations. Wow. Two months after his next film, Star 80, opened to the worst reviews of his career. Yeah, it was. Three years left. Crazy. So, that, like, yeah, the ones this episode, which I still had to, like, go back and back, okay, what year are we in if it's this many years left? Oh. But it was very intense, this episode. Uh, so, next, I want to talk about Bob and Gwen together, because then we see the scene of them in the bar after the funeral and they're kind of talking about you know she's letting us know that Ron has moved on that he's married with kids he's in he's doing well in his career he has a really good life now mm-hmm. um they talk about Nicole not getting roles auditioning and not doing very well cuz she would have you know been in her late teens early 20s at this point and then Bob says they're bringing back sweet charity did you know they're reviving it um and then he, that's when he does the little manipulation like oh i'm too busy to direct maybe you could go oversee it mm. what she does yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, um, but, I mean, yeah, I feel like if you're not going to be able to get Bob Fosse on something, especially something like that, that, like, he even said that was, like, their original baby, like, the two of them mm-hmm. together, um, to have her, but it's still interesting that she still felt like she needed him so much, even though she always had such a good vision, too, for for characters or for, for style, for context, for everything. I just hated the line when he when he was trying to get her to go. And then she's like, "Well, if I mean, if you're not gonna be there to direct, it, but it's our this was our first. This is charity." And it's yeah. Like, well, then you make the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're too busy, but if she's too busy, no. Okay. Yeah. Then you see a little bit of the old Bob. Yep. We got a lot of the sweet Bob this episode, but we definitely yeah, got actually. some of the <laughs> old Bob there. But um, at the same time, we're seeing Bob then in his uh, house, just kind of going through the motions of like this ladies man which mm. seems like another audio I don't think this ever came to fruitation but he's talking about uh, I wrote down a line where he's like there's the joke um, he's with another young girl at this point too but the joke is that uh, you know you have a really good girl at home and basically another young piece mm. of ass comes along and what do you do and it's like oh you go for the young piece of ass of course you do mm. I'm like, it's sad because it's like that's exactly what he does he does have these good women at home, Gwen being majority of that, but he can't stay faithful. And like, so I, that's why I wrote down another autobiograph. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, and then we get, you know, Los Angeles Sweet Charity Revival, pre-Broadway rehearsal, day 29, 16 months left. And that's when Gwen calls him. And it's like, no, it's not working. Mm. This isn't working. And if this was New York, I would ask you to come down, but you're not here. And that's the one time, you know, gets on a plane. Yeah. Really, yeah. without too much begging, too. Yeah, and I think it's because he did trust her vision so much that if she's calling and saying, like, there's something not working, he can't stand to know that, like, it might go on and not be up to the level that he wants it to be or that she thinks it should be, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what helped prompt him to go to it. If she's saying it's not looking good, he's like, Well, the main okay. thing that isn't working that we come to find is that it's not that they aren't doing, they're doing the same choreography. They're doing the same dance. And the note that I wrote down is that this one dancer does it, and she has all of the youth and the energy in it, but there's just not, something missing, that something not connecting. And then Gwen does it, mm. and she's stiff, and she doesn't have the, the moves like this young girl does, but it means so much more when you watch it. The there's story. so much emotion, which just goes to show you anyone can dance. You can learn mm-hmm. to dance, but you, you have to be able to put emotion behind that dance. You can't just be up there on stage. Absolutely. You have to connect and share mm-hmm. the story versus just 
smile face kind of thing. Yeah. I'd love to see the actual directing of that scene, actually, to see mm. what they had that first girl do and, like, how many takes, like, what those takes looked like. Giving us too much emotion. We need less. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would love to mm. see that scene being filmed and then going into Michelle Williams' performance of it and, like, what all those different takes looked like. I would That would be a cool behind the scenes. It's yeah. like... Um, Game of Thrones got a documentary. We need ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. We actually had a good season finale in this one. Yeah, so. of course. Oh. <laughs> oh, can't wait. <laughs> Yep. Um, it's the whole Disney concept of share, not show. When you're performing as a dancer, you're supposed to be sharing with everyone versus just showing. That's what Gwen had versus the other dancer. Mm-hmm. She was sharing. Um, and then we come back to where we started, which is in this hotel room in Washington, D.C. for mm. the opening night of this tour. And on their way out, they're still talking business, still talking shows, still talking about what they're going to do with the show. And he falls and that's the the end of the episode that we get. I did want to write down just the end cut scenes that we got, which was Bob Fosty was pronounced dead in the emergency room. Twelve years later, a review of the work that Bob and Gwen created together happened on Broadway. It was called Fosse. Mm-hmm. Gwen was credited as artistic advisor. Bob and Gwen star Nicole pursued a career in dance uh, appearing on Broadway and film. She spent many years struggling with drugs, alcohol, and other addictions. Nicole left New York in 1995 and began the process of recovery. She fell in love, got married, and raised three sons in a farm in Vermont, which is, you know, Ron and Gwen's dream. Mm. And Gwen moved in with her daughter in August of 2000 and died two months later. Mm. So that in was her our little, sleep, which in is her sleep. nice. Mm. Yeah, so that was our little end cuts of, like, this is ended and this is really how the story ends. I gotta say that the scene with him on the sidewalk there, I mean, it was so beautifully acted this whole series, but the way that Michelle Williams, you could just see it in her eyes where like Gwen had a moment of like, this is different than a seizure. Yeah. And it, it was almost to me like she had that realization and then the shift happened of like, it's okay. Yeah, you don't. It's because like she's always saying they won't start the show without you at the beginning, but then when she realizes this really kind of is the end I feel like then it turned to I'm sad but it's okay you don't your legacy is going to be intact it's okay yeah mm. I think I really I'm really glad that they gave that scene time to breathe and also like it he did the same thing Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell you could see fear like legitimate fear in his eyes and at then first. acceptance and then yeah just kind of like a Agreed. smile in his eyes as like they both kind of accepted at the same time yeah it was really beautiful I think it's incredible I mean, it makes sense, but based on all the ups and downs that they had, how they ultimately were always together, and the fact that they died to get... Well, he died with her. A, he's very lucky, but B, it is lovely because, you know, we're seeing all the flashbacks, etc. everything they've been through. I mean, she was always there for him and right to literally the very end. Yeah, and, um, and that's where we wrap up the series, which... As we have said throughout this entire thing, so well done, so magnificently acted, produced, directed. Such a great series. Um, Let's get into our special segment called Fosse Fun Facts, where I believe today we're doing something slightly different, right? Yeah, I have um, a quick fact from Bustle, and then we we have some some, uh, Some photos. So some photos, too. Um, Just because, you know, based off the last scene in Bob's death, um, this was an article from Bustle that I found uh, just with some behind the scenes of it. Saying that the, the, there's your top dance, yeah. <laughs> um, the revivals cast, which included Debbie Allen, were all informed after the show of Bob's death. The Times reported that they were told at an after party at the old Ebbett Grill uh, through the Washington Post reports. Uh, although the Washington Post reports that they were 
be informed before. So it's kind of like people have said both. So I'd be interested to hear. I, this doesn't quote anyone it, that was actually there, yeah. but like different reports. Surely it can't saying, be. Because remember, the, there only had like seven minutes till it opened. And then when he died, he must have died while it was opening. So I, who knows? Maybe they were like told that he had collapsed outside maybe. and then so they found held out afterwards. Yeah. Because like she even said, they're not going to start without you there. Yeah. Which so I think, yeah, it was kind of probably just a lot of yeah trying to figure out what was happening and then finding out afterwards at the after party. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know if we quite have those photos. We have, I think, a couple of them come, especially the one I wanted to showcase was just Lynn Manuel mm. next to Roy Scheider. Because they just did such a, like, oh my God, like he looked so much like him. That's mm. great. Like, obviously not blonde, but <laughs> yeah. still. Yeah, he did it. I loved seeing him in this. I was happy he got a cameo. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. Well, cool. I mean, he executive produced it. I guess he didn't get the cameo, so he's been like, I'm taking a cameo. <laughs> As we know, Lynn does with a lot of his work. Um, Kim, you got some news and gossip for us? Yeah, really, just quickly in a nutshell, just a couple of um, bits and pieces. So firstly, uh, just there was an article recently about just how Gwen, I mean, Michelle Williams got the accent down. Basically, she went to a Juilliard voice teacher, Deborah Heist. Um, three to four times a week to learn how to speak. And basically, she had to hold her mouth in a different place and move her tongue and lips more. Um, and she listened to a whole bunch of clips, obviously, on her iPod. But Nicole said her mum would accentuate really random words when she spoke. So, I'm good today or something like that, you know. Um, other one interesting. So, Anne ranking on her life. So, she's still alive, obviously. She's 69. Now, and she married and lives in Phoenix, and she was asked whether she's been watching Fosse Verdon. Apparently, she only watched the first two episodes, and she hasn't actually seen the girl playing her in it. I don't know whether she doesn't want to or whatever, but what she said... a weird thing. Yeah. But what she said was she hoped that the show did justice of painting Bob in a nice light, because she felt that it potentially wouldn't, and apparently he was a much nicer guy and then it's potentially going to be played out to be. Which I think it true. showcased him in both. I think, yeah, it, yeah, it showcased him as, as a lot of layers. Totally. totally. Um, and I love that Michelle And then Williams the most bit. important, really, really quickly, is that they're asking, is there going to be a Fosse Verdon season two? Like, possibly not going to be happening. But that the Lin-Manuel, et cetera, at the moment are working on the film adaptation of Tick, Tick, Boom, Jonathan Larson's yes. autobiographical life story, which is that crazy. That was the show he did before that Rent that the, never took off. Absolutely. Yeah. But isn't it interesting? Because he, Jonathan Larson, creator of Rent, died of an aortic aneurysm, mm-hmm. blood clot, right? But his autobiography that he'd previously written was called Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, tick, yeah, boom. It is, it is sad. Yeah. A little creepy. <laughs> anyway, so I can't there. wait for that for more yes. history. Awesome. Thank you, Kim, so You're much. Welcome. Um, we are out of time. I just really quickly want to say with predictions, award season. Are they winning? Your After Buzz TV predictions. Are they winning the Emmy? Kim. Yes, please. Amy. Yes. I from what I've seen. Based on the shows I've seen that could potentially go, I think they got this in the bag as of right now. Yeah, and performance-wise, I'm glad you brought that thing up about Michelle Williams, because she has such range in her voice and what she can do with it. If nothing else, Michelle Williams deserves the Emmy. Yeah, Michelle. I think Sam, too, but definitely Michelle. If I had to put money on one, Michelle Her biggest competition at this moment, who also did an amazing job, but I I think that Michelle goes above her, is Patricia Arquette Mm -hmm. for the act. But I also have not seen everything, so... Who knows? But I think they're a shoo-in. Awesome. I guess we will just have to wait until September to find out. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. When that comes here. Uh, until our next shows, where can they find you guys? Yeah, everyone, you can find me at Kim Davy Live on all my social media. 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S. And until our next big Broadway thing that we'll be here to talk with tick, you guys tick, about. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. See ya. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.